you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This guy is such a, an icon, such a hero to so many people. And Shelby rides again. The tall man from Texas is in the saddle. Carol Shelby pushes his Ferrari and is showing the way. One and he won and he won. And at the finish, it's Carol Shelby blazing past. As a driver, Shelby was considered one of the best to ever compete. He wins Lamont and he's dying. They told me I had five years to live. I figured, so what? I might as well try to build a car that I dreamed of. Carol was the world's greatest salesman. He could sell anything in the world. I went to Ford and said, if you loan me $25,000, I'll build you a car that'll blow the Corvette off. It's all it'll cost you. It was absolutely amazing that a group of guys from Venice, California, could come down here and beat all those high-end manufacturers. Ford had our first true competitor in the racing car business. The Ferrari factory team, we'd been champions of the world forever. When it came to Ferrari, Dad was never a big fan. Enzo wanted nothing to do with Shelby. Carol's goal was to beat Ferrari's ass. He wanted to show what Americans could do. Henry Ford had given Shelby a business card that Henry had written on the back of it, you better win. These races are demanding beyond reason. The pressure he was under, if he had lost, he was going to be in trouble. Leaders are three Ferrari cars running one, two, three. Ken Miles, he was the ultimate long-distance racer. Ken Miles wins Le Mans and be the triple crown. Stage is set for a war of speed. Ford Ferrari rivalry, that is the golden age of racing. There's been a great battle, a great fight. Hi everyone, Justin Bell here, race car driver turned TV and web host. And as we say, it's green, green, green. And right now, we're on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it, I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tan Talk 1340.com. And you can see me, yes, me, little me, live here in the studio in downtown Clearwater. Now, let's see. I think we finally figured out. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just totally beside myself sometimes because I'm really not a techie guy. And Bobby's probably going, don't say that. 
But I think I got Facebook Live working, and I think we got YouTube working, and it's just like, I don't know how many times I have to do this before I finally figure this out. You know, it's like I tell everybody all the time. If it's mechanical, tools, gears, cables, pulleys, you know, things like that, I can figure it out because I can see it. This stuff right here just drives me up a wall. And uh, But anyway, hey, uh, don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows which I need to update, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget to check out our archive page at Nostalgic Menu and Cars. Now, we got a really exciting guest for you tonight. Um, the movie Ford vs. Ferrari just came out last week on the 15th. And uh, when I was in SEMA last week, or the week before last, they had a special viewing for all the Shelby guys. And uh, my timetable got kind of goofed up a little bit. And I didn't get to see it with the rest of the Shelby guys. But I heard it was fantastic. So, over the weekend, my friend IG and I and a couple of people, a couple of his friends, went to see it Saturday night. And i got to tell you, I was extremely impressed. Now, I got into Bullet. I got into Vanishing Point. I got into Jersey Mary, Crazy Larry, and, you know, obviously some of the Cannonball movies and things of that nature. But let me tell you about this movie, the Ford vs. Shelby. The reason it was so um, kind of special to me was is because, A, I'm a huge Shelby fan. I'm one of the state reps for the Shelby Club. I've owned a Shelby since 1975, 76, somewhere around there. And uh, so I kind of eat, sleep, and drink those cars. And I've personally known Carol Shelby. I wasn't buddy-buddies with him or anything like that, but he knew who I was. I knew who he was. He was also a guest on our radio show back in 2011, I believe. And uh, just a really, really good guy. And, you know, a lot of people like to use the term idols. I'm not going to say I idolized anybody. I mean, you know, um, but I... Used a lot of people that were in business that were successful or in a similar um, hobby or interest, I consider those people uh, very inspirational. And one of the things Carol Shelby always told me, along with a number of other guys, Peter Brock, Roger Penske, people like that, who I hold in high esteem, very successful people. And the commonality and the one thing that all these people said was surround yourself with the best people and no matter what, under any circumstances, always follow your passion. And that's probably the best advice I can give to anybody. It's not about the money, okay? Yeah, money is important. We need it, and you got to live, and you got to survive, and you got to pay bills, and you got to maintain a lifestyle, you know, whatever that might be. But more importantly, if you're passionate about something and you believe in it and you believe in yourself and you follow your passion, this is words of wisdom from 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 people like that, you know, the greats. Um, do it because you will become successful and you will prosper. And uh, so, you know, follow your passion, surround yourself with the best people, and, you know, basically keep your nose to the grindstone, and you will be successful. And um, so at any rate, uh, we got uh, another gentleman coming on because there's been a couple other movies in the past that have – and books, numerous books written about Carol Shelby. But there's also a documentary, and we're going to talk a little about that this evening. So I'm delighted to have the guest come on this evening, and uh, he's uh, a pretty profound individual and with a lot of background. And uh, I saw uh, tidbits of his documentary, and they're pretty impressive as well. So, you know, a lot of this stuff's coming up. But the one thing I want to go back to and refer to uh, reference in the movie, it was really Carol Shelby and Ken Miles is really what the story was about. Granted, it was Ford versus Ferrari, but the storyline really involved these two guys and their relationship and how serious it was. If I remember the story correctly, there was three key people that involved initially with Shelby American. That was Carol Shelby himself, Peter Brock, you know, legendary guy. He's been on our show many times, personal friend of mine, and uh, – and Ken Miles, who I never had the fortune to meet, but unfortunately because he passed away in a bad car accident or testing uh, the Ford J car right after Le Mans in 1966. But these people were his closest, um, let's say, confidants, if you will. But, I mean, people that really, really ate, slept, and drank Shelby, okay? And it was just an unbelievable team. And another guy that was in there who was also a guest on our show at one point in time was Phil Remington. Phil Remington was probably best known as... The engineer. This is the guy that was extremely creative, extremely mechanical, extremely technical, and extremely talented. Just had a ton of common sense and just really was like uh, the catalyst behind the mechanical side of Carroll Shelby and one of the reasons why they were so successful. I mean, they had Ken Everybody that was involved with Shelby American knew cars, understood cars, were passionate about racing, and that's what made – his his organization so successful. That's not to take anything away from Dan Gurney and, and All American Racers or Roger Penske or any of the other guys. But Carol Shelby, this is what we're talking about right now. Um, just you know, just really really cool. So that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on this evening. 
Um, probably in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have some other interesting people that were tied to Ford Motor Company and, and Shelby American back in the day, um, just because it's uh, kind of like uh, in the news right now. And then, of course, after the first of the year, what we're going to be talking about is um, Meekums, because speaking of TV legends, uh, the bullet car will be for sale, offered for sale at Meekums. And I think we're going to have Sean Kiernan on, who's the current owner of the car who's, and has been in his family since the uh, – I think around 73 or 74 when his dad saw a little ad a little snippet in the newspaper said you know mustang for sale used in the movie bullet and he was just fortunate enough to see it realize what it was bought the car and kept it in the family and the rest is all history ladies and gentlemen anyway on that note i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna fire up the stereo here because tommy's just uh, itching to play some beatles and there's a reason that we're playing this song and I'll tell you guys about it next week because i got a real interesting car that I'm going to be appraising here in the next couple of days. So, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Here's a little Beatles and Hey Bulldog. Best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Wow, don't you just dig those sound effects? And, uh, you know, some of those, most of these sound effects that we use on the show here, believe it or not, are actually uh, sound effects that I captured with my trusty little phone here um, on audio at various vintage races. Now, this past weekend, and unfortunately I didn't get to go because there was other stuff going on, but uh, was the uh, HSR, Historic Sports Car Racing, Classic 24. And that event has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And they've got... They do this event at the at Le Mans every other year. Every two years, they do what they call the Classic Twenty Four at Le Mans. And uh, now, keep in mind, most of the race cars were European entries, and uh, and there was a few Americans, you know, specifically Carroll Shelby and Ford, people like that. Um, and over the years, it's grown, and there's been more and more American drivers over there, but it's predominantly European. Well, now since the twenty four hour race is a very, very, very big event, and it's the largest. It's kind of like the Super Bowl of racing in the United States, and then followed by the 12-hour Sebring, which is usually in March. And um, But they have a lot of entries and a lot of competitors and a lot of participation from uh, Europe. So you'll have something like uh, 40, 30 to 40 cars 
from Europe competing, let alone the other maybe 100 to 200 cars from the United States. It's a pretty big field. There's a lot of cars out there in various classes. Uh, most of them are big bore cars, most of them GT cars and prototype cars, but a lot of the legendary cars out of the, uh, out of the 60s. And you will see the Ferraris, and you will see the Cobras, and you will see the GT uh, 40s, and you will see, um, Jesus, just uh, Porsches, obviously. I mean, a lot of them, 908s, 910s, 917s. And then there's a lot of newer cars because a lot of the cars that we're racing within the last 20 years are no longer competitive, and the only place that they can race really is in is in vintage. So vintage uh, uh, organizations like HSR and SVRA has now created classes for these um, newer prototype cars and GTP cars to uh, compete. And then again, you always have the personalities, the drivers. I mean, the legendary drivers like Vic, Ed, Vic Elford, Brian Redman, uh, Derek Bell, uh, these guys are still around, still active, still racing. You know, a lot of these guys are in their 70s and early 80s, and they still get behind the wheel of the car and still go out there and have a great time. Paul Newman was, uh, I believe, 82 or 83 when he was still racing. So, you know, if, you, if you're physically capable and you've got the, again, the drive and the passion, get behind the wheel of the car if, you're, if that's your thing. Hey, provided, provided, provided you're a competent driver. You know, we don't want anybody, don't want any amateurs loose on the racetrack. So... Anyway, um, what's going on this weekend? Well, let's see. We've got the Florida Car Shows Minute. This weekend, I'm not aware of anything particularly going on. But next weekend, uh, every Thanksgiving weekend, and by the way, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, is the uh, Tricky Rod Run. So if you're into cars and parts and really good old Americana, that's the place you want to go. Now, up north in uh, it's either in Illinois or Wisconsin, I think it's Illinois, they've got a special event going up there, and I think it's the Mustang and Corvette Nationals, and uh, something to that effect. And I know a bunch of guys that I know are going up to that, and that's probably one of the most um, unique car shows that takes place kind of like at the beginning of the winter period, which is this time of year right now. Um, you know, most of those guys are going to be snowed in here pretty soon. And uh, But they got some pretty amazing cars. I was just watching a video earlier this afternoon, and uh, the guy that's uh, one of the MCs for SEMA was there, and he does a TV show called Muscle Car something or other. I'm, I'm bad with names. Sorry about that, guys. But, you know, I think it's age. Not quite sure. But at any rate, um, he does an event uh, there that he – or basically some filming because I do a, a podcast and a, and a video show on YouTube. And they were talking about a guy that um, special ordered a 1967 Ford LTD – or Galaxy XL Fastback, factory 427 R-code, which is a 2.4 car, 4.25 horse, 2-carb car, factory 4-speed, split bench seat, with, uh, of all things, a 350 single tracker, like a one-wheel wonder, oddly enough. I would have had a posse in there. But anyway, a very, very unique car. You know, everybody says that, you know, they didn't make a lot of these cars. Well, you don't know that. And thanks to Kevin Marty, our good friend, and I'm going to have Kevin on here sometime in the near future, um, he's in charge of kind of like um, the uh, gatekeeper for all the records for uh, for Fords, for all the high-performance cars and and uh, the, just all the cars, you know, but mostly muscle cars, most of the Fords, most of the Shelbys, most of the Torinos, the Bosses, and things like that. And uh, But just about any other Ford, too, you can access all the records. So you've all heard of the Marty Report. That's Kevin Marty. And uh, so Kevin, a lot of times in his spare time, not that he has a lot, because he also manufactures uh, reproduction parts for, for Mustangs very accurately, I might say. Marty's an engineer. He's real particular. So when he does stuff, he's done the research, and having been an engineer himself or being an engineer, he makes absolutely sure that every detail is correct. So if you buy a radiator hose from him and it's got the C7ZX, C7 part number or C6 part number or C9 part number, on, chances are it's in the right spot and it's the right font and it's the right texture and everything's correct about it. Same thing with his clips and his uh, all the other little uh, doodads, you know, little things, that he, the detail parts, the uh, fitting connectors and things like that that he makes for um, – uh, for all your your uh, vintage Mustangs and Torinos. But anyway, uh, Kevin is, uh, like I said, he's the gatekeeper, so if you need records. But anyway, he found some paperwork on this car. So this car is a legit car. And there's no telling, because keep in mind, you know, back in those days, you could go to the factory or to the dealership, to the manufacturer, and you could order everything a la carte. So whatever you wanted, you could spec out a car. And it didn't matter whether it was a Ford, whether it was Chevrolet, whether it was Chrysler, 
Um, obviously, if you had a little bit of pull with somebody with one of the manufacturers, you know, you had something really cool made, and uh, that's what makes it unique. And every once in a while, I get the rare opportunity to see these cars. Occasionally, I get to appraise one of these cars. So for me, it's a huge treat. And you know, being kind of a car fanatic, a buff, a historian myself. Um, it's just, it's, it's just endless and it's something to look forward to. And on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and fire up the stereo again. Let's see. What do we got there on the turntable this time? A little, uh, let's play some early ACDC. Our, uh, our guest kind of requested this. And as you know, if you've listened to my show week after week after week, year after year after year, we always tailor the show to whoever the guest is going to be. So he wanted to hear a little ACDC. So here's a little, uh, let there be rock. You tune into Nostalgia Getting Cars on Touch That Doll. We'll be right back with our special guest for the evening. that baby some thrill but you know before that pilot could fly from coast to coast in three hours plus somebody had to invest about a million hours getting him ready for it there's a lot of designing testing and trial runs behind every new innovation or new performance record how do i know my name's carol shelby and performance is my business Radio and Cars, the best automobile show in the Southeast. Okay, we're back. With technical difficulties, you know, it's just like uh, Wendell's will never see. So, okay, so uh, we're having a little tough time here trying to get a hold of our guests. But you know what? He's out in California. We're here in Florida. There's three hours. And I guess uh, somewhere between here and there, the, the line broke. So there's somebody's uh, trying to... Shoestring it back together. In the meantime, I guess you guys will just put up with me, and I'll tell some more stale tales, tales, lies, tales, and stories. Um, I'm thinking, I'm debating, or I'm not even sure whether we get this Facebook thing working here right or not, but it says we're live. So if you guys uh, want to send a message or something like that, let me know if this thing's working right. Because on my end, I can't really tell. At any rate, um, Let's see, what do we got going on? Well, let me tell you a little bit more about some uh, the movie, Carol Shelby, Ford versus Ferrari. You know, um, Ken Miles, um, I think when we had Pete Brock on a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, uh, I think what they did, he had a nickname called Bulldog, I believe. And, uh, of course, we played that Beatles song, Bulldog. And uh, that was kind of uh, a tie-in there, but there's another reason I'm, I played that song. At any rate, uh, 
Ken Miles also had the nickname Sidebite. And that was kind of like one of those uh, nicknames that he had, like kind of within the uh, within the group. And uh, that's me making noise here. I'm like, my, my, I'm pushing on the uh, on the microphone here a little bit, trying to get comfortable in the studio. You know, it's funny because you know for years we were just simply radio, and now I got two like peeping toms here staring at me. One's called Facebook, and the other one's called YouTube, and the third one's called Big Brother. And <laughs> so I got to kind of have to. Mind my P's and Q's, you know, which means I actually have to kind of come in here groomed and kind of look like uh, a presentable radio slash video personality, maybe? I'm not sure. Anyway, back to the movie. So uh, Kim Miles was really a talented guy. In fact, it's interesting because when you talk to – and I had the, the, the pleasure of meeting Dan Gurney. Dan Gurney is another one. He was a wrench. He worked on his cars. Mario Andretti has been a guest on our show. He's another one. He worked on his cars. Uh, Sam Posey, he's another one. He worked on his cars. And, uh, you know, all these guys, you know, back in the day, they were, um, they started out as a wrench. You know, they built cars. They wanted to go racing. Most of them started out kind of working on a, uh, you know, building little beater cars so they could run on little local racetracks, you know, whether it were dirt tracks. I know Mario Andretti and people like that. Fonjo's another one. Um, all these guys, you know, they didn't really come from, let's just say, means. Parnella Jones is another one. He's been on our show. And uh, these it, it, uh, Lee Holman, uh, Holman and Moody fame, all these guys, you know, they all started out playing around with cars, and they were passionate about what they did, and they built these cars, and they raced these cars, and because they just were outstanding drivers. And really, you know, what's, and what's interesting is when I talked to Dan Gurney a long time ago, and we were talking about um, uh, technique, and. Uh, some guys just really just got in there. Like you talked about Parnella Jones and Amari Andretti. These guys really got on their equipment. They really, and they both said, you know, while they were guests on the radio show, they said, had we maybe been a little easier on the equipment, a little bit more fluid with our driving techniques, we probably would have won more races and the cars probably would have lasted longer. Um, yes, cars have mechanical issues. They have mechanical failures and things go bad. It could be brakes. It could be, you know, oil leaks. It could be suspension failure, just a number of things. And uh, what does that do? That brings you in. And depending on the race, the nature of the race, you know, there's rules that say whether you can fix it and get back on the track or whether you just have to park it and, you know, walk back to the pits and turn in your helmet. Um, but these guys, you know, they, were, they, they, they persisted, you know, and uh, they got better and better and better. But Dan Gurney, if you read the story um, on him when he's talking about the 1967 um, race, Le Mans 24-hour race, he was racing and uh, in the Ford – the new improved Ford Mark IV, and uh, which was kind of the car that was um, when 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 Ford raced in '65 and '66, they built the Mark One and the Mark II. The Mark One uh, Ford GT, my understanding, my recollection, it was the 289 car. The Mark II was the was the same car except it was redesigned in the back and reconfigured, and it was set up for the 427, and that's the one that won the race in 1966 that you see on TV. And then in '67, they 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 redesigned the car again. Improved the aerodynamics. And it's funny because when you look at the evolution of the car, you know, all the cars, you know, from the early 60s, the mid-60s, and the late 60s, you know, um, they became more aerodynamic. And, and aerodynamics and wind tunnel design or wind tunnel development uh, was, was common. And, uh, in fact, just to jump forward to 1969, 1970, when Porsche came out with the 917, they basically got beat by Ford in a privateer. And it was Jackie X. Excuse me. And uh, it was a very close race. They won, I think, maybe by a car length or something like that. And uh, uh, the Ford GT did. And um, but a problem with a lot of the cars back in the day is, you know, they, they, they these cars would get very very fast at these high speeds, but they didn't uh, they didn't have they didn't really understand ground effects, and they didn't understand spoilers. Now, interestingly enough, um, P. Brock, when he was working, when he developed the the, the Daytona Cobra. Um, the Daytona Coupe, he borrowed a design from uh, some Germans that developed this aero design called Cam Design. And uh, and it was basically a little, as we call it in German, a Heckspoiler, a rear spoiler that kind of came up a little bit. And it deflected the wind and it pushed it back into the car down because if the car got really light and squirrely at high speeds, uh, it would just kind of toss the car around. And then, you know, you just kind of like, you weren't able to, you were, 
you couldn't throttle steer the car because there was no there was no power to the ground because the back end of the car was up in the air and it would literally lift the back end of the car up off the ground. So it was almost like you were gliding. So the 917, and it's funny how all these cars had this similar problem. Well, the Ford J car, which was the successor to the Ford GT. Oh, great. We got our guest on the line. Okay. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome uh, my special guest for the evening. This gentleman's a film producer. He's a president of Chassis Media, and Chassis Media is a kind of a film documentary production company that has produced a number of films over the years, including Winning, and we had Adam Carolla on our show a few years ago talking about that. This was a tribute to uh, Paul Newman. And his most recent, which is a current release and released this evening, is called Shelby American, which is the true story about Carol Shelby. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening uh, the uh, president of Chassis Media, Nate Adams. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Well, mate, Nate, I'm glad you made it here. We still got about uh, 40 minutes, or not 40 minutes, 20 minutes left here. So, uh, since we got 20 minutes left, tell us the story. How do you how you kind of got into film production a little bit, and then segue into the automotive documentaries that you're uh, working on with Adam Carolla. Sure. Uh, you know, I've been working in the business for about 20 some years now. I was a screenwriter for a long time, and got into producing and about six years ago i produced a movie with adam called uh, road hard which is life on the road for a stand-up comedian it's a comedy it's loosely based on adam's relationship with his best pal jimmy kimmel um and then while we were doing that adam has a big car collection and he races vintage cars and he had these paul newman cars and he we started talking about my background, which is making sports documentaries before we'd met. And he said, Oh, I want to make a documentary on Paul Newman and his racing career. But I'd went to ESPN and they said it wasn't really good enough for a 30 for 30. And I said, well, let me see the material you have. And I looked through it and I said, no, this is excellent. So, you know, we went through the material and we made that documentary and it was incredibly successful for us. It won the motor press guild feature of the year and, you know, did really well for us. Financially, um, you know, we ended up getting Robert Redford and Patrick Dempsey and Jay Leno and Mario Andretti and all the people who raced and loved Paul for the 35 years he raced. And after that, you know, Adam and I were big fans of the uh, Ford Ferrari Wars and, and the stories of Le Mans and the GT40. So, you know, and we were also fans of A.J. Bain's book, Go Like Hell. So, you know, we did a documentary called The 24-Hour War. Uh, which is basically the Ford versus Ferrari movie. What's exactly the Ford versus Ferrari movie? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we, you know, we really focused on, uh, you know, when I looked at that story, I knew that Ken Miles, who not a lot of people knew, was the by far the most interesting character. So we really singled out Ken's story in in the documentary, and. You know, we really use that as a sort of a narrative through line in the documentary. And, you know, we, we, we focused a little more on uh, Ken's relationship with his protege, Charlie Agapu, than we did Shelby. In the, 20, in the um, Shelby American, which is just came out today on Chassis.com, C-H-A-S-S-Y.com, we focus more on Carol Shelby's relationship with Ken Miles. And, you know, the 24 hour war, it, it's, it's, it's just a really fun, amazing story about Ford, you know, Henry Ford II and Enzo Ferrari really having a personal dislike for each other and, and Carol Shelby having a personal dislike for Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> uh, I think kind of anyone who ever dealt with Enzo Ferrari had a personal dislike for him. So, um, you know, it was a really fun, uh, it was a fun doc to make. And when we were making it, what I realized, because I interviewed, well, at that time, you know, we ended up interviewing, we did one of the last interviews ever with Dan Gurney. We also did, we interviewed pretty much everyone who was still alive who'd ever worked in the Shelby shop or on the Shelbys or the GT40s. So what we realized when we finished editing that film and it was four hours long was there was an incredible amount of amazing story of Carol Shelby that we had to cut out. So we ended up teaming up with Carol's 
grandsons, Aaron Shelby, Randall Shelby, and Sean Shelby, who are also producers on the film with us, you know, and this is the first sort of Shelby American, Shelby family sanctioned documentary that's ever been made about Carol. And this is going to be the definitive documentary about Carol Shelby. I promise that. I mean, it, it is a soup to nuts start to finish. You know, people don't really realize what an amazing, prolific race racer Carol was before, you know, he had his heart condition, had to stop racing. You know, he, he won. He's one of the winningest drivers in the history of American racing. So, you know, every, everyone knows he made the, the Shelby Cobra and worked on the GT40 and, and you know, all the stuff he did with Ford. But, but not a lot of people really know about the racing career he had ahead of that. So you kind of focused on his early career when he started racing uh, the little sports cars and stuff in the early 50s and stuff, right after he got out of the war? No, we, talk, we talked about all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you know, we talked about, you know, in the war, he trained pilots. He trained pilots in the war, you know, uh, grew up in Leesburg, Texas. Talked about his family. His father was a mail carrier who took him to races in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really went through all of it. And it's very comprehensive. We tell a lot of the very detailed story about the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe and Peter Brock. And, you know, you even learn about something not a lot of people know, which is after Ford kind of unceremoniously got rid of Carroll and Shelby American, uh, Peter Brock had been let go by Carroll when, when the GT40 came about because pretty much everyone who worked on the Shelby Daytona Coupe was let go once the GT40 people came in. And Peter had gotten a contract to start racing with the Toyota team in the SDCA races. Mm -hmm. And then Carroll and Ford fired him. He took the, he took Toyota away from Peter. Yeah, 2000 GT, right. (laughs) Yeah, Peter went all the way to Japan to get the Datsun team because he just wanted to race against Carroll. He ended up getting the Datsun team and then he ended up really beating Carroll badly. In, in the races that they did. And, you know, that it's quick, but it's something not a lot of people know about between those two, you know, other than the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. That's what most people know if they know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Well, now, let me ask you this. As far as uh, when, you, when you did this documentary on Carol Shelby, and uh, so it's, do you go on past the the 60s? I mean, do you go into, like, you know, because he was involved in Trans Am Racing, uh, he made an attempt at Can-Am cars. Uh, at one point, I think there was a rumor where he was working on an experimental Indy car. Do you get into some of that stuff in your documentary as well? No. I mean, we we did go through. What we went through was the bigger, you know, Carol Shelby had such a prolific life mm-hmm. that you can only um, do so much. Okay. We normally don't like to make documentaries more than 90 minutes and the carol doc is all it is like two minutes shy of two hours oh wow um because he did so much so you know we we stuck with um you know what happened when he reunited with the iacocca and went back to dodge and did the vipers and dodge when he reunited with etzel ford and you know the mustangs because, you know, we had a lot of things that, you know, you learn about the 350s and the 350Rs and the Mustang program that Carol came in and helped. So, you know, for us as filmmakers, we want to pay that stuff off and see that Carol ends up back with Ford. So, you know, getting getting into all the little one-off things that Carol did would be impossible because he did okay. so many. I mean, we touched on... You know, the chili and the, the things oh, yeah, that he chili. did to <laughs> and put his name on and all that stuff. But, you know, he, he was the guy, as, as they say in the doc, he was the guy who woke up with a new idea every morning. So, you know, he, he was one of those guys in life that was kind of a serial entrepreneur, but ended up doing a lot of amazing things. When you when he went into uh, the Iacocca years, you know, when he when he kind of tight teamed up with Lee because they had a good relationship, and uh, through the through the eighties uh, and early nineties, when uh, leading up to the Dodge Viper, and then a couple of years there was uh, kind of like a, 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 a let's say dead air, so to speak, 
uh, no pun intended in the radio business. But uh, so there's some dead air, and then he gets hooked up, like you said, Edsel teams back up with Shelby American. Shelby American goes crazy. Then they do the thing with the Oldsmobile, you know, the the, the whatever that thing was called, and um, the Series Two. And uh, and then to where we are today. So is that all kind of like in the documentary? Because that's actually kind of big stuff. Yeah, there's, it, you know, some of it is in there. We, we definitely have the Series 1 in there. Okay. Um, and, you know, when he went back full circle and tried to make a car from scratch. But, you know, in in those years we were talking about the, we also have to get in there that Carol is the longest recipient of a double transplant in history. You know, he had a heart transplant and he had a heart problem his whole life. Even in 1960, they told him he had less than five years to live mm-hmm. based on the, the condition of his heart. And that's when he stopped racing. And that's when you're tired from racing. And it took him until, I think, the 80s to get the transplant. And he just, like in true Carol Lucky fashion, a 34-year-old guy had a heart attack, not a not an 80-year-old guy. <laughs> so he had a 34-year-old guy's heart. And that lasted him for like another 30 years, and then he ended up getting a, another transplant for the medication he took for his heart. I think it got rid of his liver, and then one of his sons gave him his, his liver. liver. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then... Um, his son, weirdly enough, uh, his body chemistry, the medication that Carol had, that had been afflicting Carol for his heart condition didn't bother his son's liver. So his liver was perfect from then on out. Okay. So it was really interesting. <laughs> so he just kept, he was a guy that just cheated death so many times. Well, we had the pleasure of having you on our show. I think it was 89 years old, just before his birthday. So it was in the fall of 2011, I believe. And uh, I know he told the story about the last race that he was in, which I think was either 60 or 61, before the Cobra, obviously. And he was racing on the track, and he was starting to feel some heart issues, some pain. And he took two glycerin tablets and put them under his tongue and finished the race. Um, truth to that story, obviously. And you, did you cover that in your documentary as well? In 1959, when he used nitroglycerin pills? Well, it wasn't in the Le Mans race. It was apparently a race after that. Um, I think he said uh, there was one other race that he did, and that's when the doctor we, finally we were, told, we, we were told that he was using them at Le Mans as well. Oh, wow. So, okay. Uh, you stop and think about that. That's uh, his racing career, his determination, the fact that he won Le Mans, and if he was using the glycerin pills at the time, that's amazing. That's a strong individual. Yeah. That's determination. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. My hat's off to Carol Shelby. Yeah. Yes, it is. So now the. Yeah, we, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say. Uh, so, like, when you were filming the movie and you interviewed uh, Aaron, and Aaron, and I had the pleasure of meeting the other two uh, grandsons. I've never met them. Are they involved in uh, in Shelby American? Or are they just kind of like in different careers? Yeah, or did, they, any, they are producing Aaron, Sean, and Randall are all producers on the film. Okay. So those, are, those are Carol's grandsons, and they're all producers on the film with Adam Carolla, my partner, okay. and myself. Did any of them follow in Carol Shelby's footsteps in the automotive career? Are they involved with Shelby American itself? I mean, in development and building of any of the cars or in the car industry? I think they all dabble in that stuff. And okay. Aaron is most involved, I believe. Not sure. Um, his, I, I think Aaron might. Aaron is involved with Shelby American in, 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 I believe, more of a capacity than the other two. Okay. Um. Uh, so yeah. Uh, you know. Um, well, the film but, the, the the film debuts today. So, if people want to find out where they can get a hold of the film and see it, how do they go about doing it? Uh, you can get it on our website, chassis c h a s s y dot com, and you can also get the twenty four hour war, winning the racing life of Paul Newman, uh, and you can pre order. We have another film we did about uh, Willie T. Ribs, who's the first black driver to race and qualify in the Indy five hundred. That's going to come out in January. Uh, you can pre-order that as well. So 
One other yeah, one. I mean, Wendell Scott, did you are you going to do a feature on him talking about uh, black race car drivers? You know, he was one of the guys that uh, early yep. black guys that pioneered in um, in uh, NASCAR, I believe, right? Yeah, Wendell was in NASCAR, mm-hmm. and you know he he won some races. W- Willie raced a lot longer and won a lot more races in a lot different series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they they both did their own. Wendell was a pioneer and, and raced in NASCAR before Willie. But when Willie raced, he was the only black driver in the United States racing you know, in the professional series, and he mm-hmm. raced in a bunch of different series, and his story is, it's incredible. I mean, it's a really fun doc. Uh, it's very powerful. Yeah, I'm excited for people to see that. When as you, well as, yeah. when you decide to do these documentaries, what's kind of like the motivation? I mean, now lately you've gotten, since you're tied up with Adam, and uh, and he's a super car fanatic, okay? So, like, what, what uh, when you guys sit around and have a, a little powwow, What's what kind of discussions do you have to like? Okay, let's say let's do a story on this person. Let's do a story on that type of racing. Let's do, well, how does how does this all come about? What's what's the the motivation and the and and the 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 key thing that you want to um, uh, achieve in your documentaries? You no, know, the point that you want to get across besides the story, obviously. Well, for for us, yet yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. For us, it's exactly that. It's the story. It mm-hmm. has to be a great story. It has to be accessible to everyone. Like, you know, the way that we make these films, we, we kind of pull out all the stops and we spend real money making them. That's why they look good and sound good and, you know, they're they're really well done. Because both Adam and I are car guys and car fans. Adam much more so than I am. I'm much more of a filmmaker. But I really like cars and I love the stories in the car space. But what we realized is most of the car stuff was either made by car guys who aren't filmmakers or <laughs> filmmakers who aren't car guys. So we're kind of a very good combination of both. And, you know, we, we really, you know, we just make sure all the footage is, is really extraordinarily done and well color corrected. And, you know, like even in the Shelby doc, you'll see there's quite a bit of footage in there that no one's ever seen before from races Carol raced in and, different things we even include in the dvd extras we even in i i found all these 16 millimeter racing films from the 50s um so we had them digitized and i included some of them with no sound in the dvd extras because they're so beautiful and the racing is so cool i mean it just it's amazing and it looks so good because it's 16 millimeter film and it's digitized well you know so so for us we just wanted people to see that and you know, we really take time and care to make these and, and make sure that, you know, everyone who knows the story, that all the history is true, and we got the very best people who were there to tell the stories. We didn't, you know, I, I was like the people who were there to tell the story. That way, you know, you can argue all you want about who was ahead, how far Ken Miles was ahead, whatever it was, but the guys that I interviewed were in the pits at Le Mans when he raced. So, you know, to me, I'm going to believe them over anyone else. So, <laughs> so you know, it, it, it's, but it's really interesting because, you know, the four guys who were there that are still alive have four different stories. Oh, so, really? You know, it's, it's a really interesting, interesting to, to hear and, and get their stories. We got a few minutes left. The cars that you use in your documentary um, are they historic cars, genuine cars? And like I said, I haven't. I saw the clip, the trailer that you sent me, but I haven't seen the whole the movie. Obviously, the documentary. So, is, is the are, are the cars and vehicles that you use are they genuine cars or are they kind of copies to look to, to represent the original pieces? No, every single car and piece of footage that you see is authentic. Okay. From the time that is supposed to be. And the cars, this is something that Adam is extremely meticulous about. The cars are the exact cars from the year they're supposed to be there. And my friend, who is a sound mixer for this, is a super car nerd too. <laughs> so he's super, he's super nerdy about making sure all the car sounds are accurate. Okay. So, yeah, no, there's no replicas or. You know, like they did, they had to do that in Ford versus Ferrari because they had to take the cars out and race them and do things with them. Everything you see here are the real races and the real cars. 
So it's fair to say that a documentary is basically an accurate, I don't want to say depiction, but it's an accurate representation of actually what happened. You know, it's, it's genuine. Yeah, this is the actual, yeah, this is the true history. Like, okay. if you want to know the real story of Ford versus Ferrari, you watch the 24-hour war, and I interview Piero Ferrari, Moro Fiorgari, who is the engine builder at Ferrari, who raced against the GT40s. Carlos Tazioli was the head of marketing at Ferrari for 40 years. You know, this is the, that's the first time Ferrari ever participated in anything about that story. Like, you get the real story. It's not what a person made up in a movie script. It's actually what happened. And the same with Carol's story in, in Shelby American. It's the real story of how Shelby American started, what happened, who the guys were who worked in the shop, what they did, you know, how the shop worked everything, how the Cobra was built, how the Cobra Daytona Coupe was built, you know, what happened when they got the GT program from Ford. You know, you get the real truth of it all. That's super. All right, well, we're almost up against the clock. So one more time, Nate, tell everybody how they can find out more about it. Give us, is there, how much are the, how much is the DVD or the, or the video and everything like that? Give us all the details on this and a website and everything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The website is chassis.com, C-H-A-S-S-Y.com. You can get the DVDs, Blu-rays, or digital downloads. Um, the download, a digital download is, I think, twelve ninety nine. A DVD is fourteen ninety nine, and a Blu-ray is seventeen ninety nine. And I would strongly recommend the Blu-ray. It looks extraordinary if you like to look at pretty cars and you want to see everything in its best possible state i would highly and also the sound is better the dvd allows more uh material to go the blu-ray allows more material to be loaded into it so it's just the look is way better the sound is way better um yeah that's the way to watch these if you can super well, Nate, I look forward to having you on again in the future, especially when you come up with your next uh, your next documentary, automotive documentary. And uh, so we'll definitely give you uh, some airtime. Look forward to talking to you again. In the meantime, I want to wish you the best of luck. Congratulations on your uh, on your debut of your film this evening. And say hi to Adam and the rest of the guys over there. And, uh, again, my listeners, I want to thank uh, my special guest this evening, Nate Adams, film producer and president of Chassis Media, uh, an automotive film documentary production company. And, uh, Nate, you take care, and uh, we'll keep We'll, we'll keep in touch. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, super. Thank you very much. Hey, all my listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Nostalgia Winning Cars. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tam Talk Radio Network. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Car shows coming up. Go to FloridaCarshows.com. That's where you can find out where all the car shows are. I want to see you guys at some of these car shows. Get out and drive your cars. All right? And uh, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully. And love your family. We'll be here for Thanksgiving. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.